0: Welcome back to the Off Peak, a series from Charged Fleet covering a variety of topics related to electric fleet vehicles and electrifying fleets. I'm Martin Ramju, editor of Charged Fleet, and in episode three, we're going to try something new and give you highlights from a recent webinar we aired titled Developing a Used Electric Vehicle Market. As EV sales surge in the next decade, the focus is on all the new models. But their long-term value and buyer confidence hinges on what happens when these vehicles enter used life. In this next series of clips, you'll hear from three expert panelists, Doug Turner, Matt Arias, and Alex Fraser. During the webinar, we spoke about how remarketers can agree on common standards in evaluating used EVs and preparing them for resale. Take a listen.
1: From an IARA perspective, not only remarketing, but also the acquisition of that inventory in the wholesale market. I think it's very important for us to understand that we have to have standards that flow through from kind of point of origination all the way to liquidation of that vehicle at the auction, in addition to consistency, so we don't damage or hurt residual values or wholesale values at the auction. And I think from an IRA perspective and an intraplay perspective, working together as a group will help formalize those standards and bring them to a a better place as we continue to move down this path of, um, you know, having more electric vehicles flowing through the chain. If the buyers at the auction do not have, um, you know, a, a good process and system to feel that they're comfortable buying that car. Whether it's the battery health, the health of the car, combination of both, it clearly is going to pull down wholesale values and impact the entire chain of that car going through the system. We have to make sure that we maintain the integrity of selling that vehicle at the auction with transparency and the right announcements, and making sure the auctions can provide that service as well.
2: You know, one of the things of the infrastructure of the auctions, being able to handle these vehicles. Um, safety is a big one, of course, but uh, yeah, um, charging and all that, all that stuff that's going to be needed to to handle these and process them. But it's, it's evolving and it's coming faster than ever, and I think auctions are adapting well.
3: Uh, look, EVs are certainly becoming a bigger part of the the ecosystem, and you know it's it's easy the the folks that are not as excited about it. Um, to say, look, it's only two percent of this or one and a half percent of that. But you know, if you go to a parking lot and it has 100 vehicles in it and three of them are an EV, then you have just outpaced the average, right? And if there are four EVs, then you are well ahead of the average, right? And so they're not widespread where it's fifty percent of the market yet, but they are here. They're here every day and and so um, I think we as an industry need to, uh just be cognizant and be be a realistic about that that they that they are here and and we need to treat them appropriately and i think what you're going to see is it's it's a lot like a vehicle right or any any other traditional ice vehicle you know some people have treated them very well and they're in great shape some people have treated them really really rough and they're in rough shape and so i think you know, probably five or 10% of the batteries we've scored out of that thousand have been in really rough shape. And that's probably pretty similar to the gas motors and diesel motors that we have for the vehicles that are at the auctions that aren't batteries, you know, and it is a little different being a caretaker of a battery, you know, your the ambient temperature that it lives in matters, how you charge it matters. And I think owners and users are starting to get used to that. And Um, And we're excited to continue to help educate both consumers, dealers, fleets, and OEMs around all that stuff so that um, they can kind of control their residual, which, you know, has never really been something that you as the person who's leasing it could do is control the end value of your asset. It was sort of just going to follow the market trend. Well, now based on how you take care of that battery, you can kind of directly control what it's going to be worth in three years or five years or six years, whenever you're done with it.
2: Will require disclosure. How that gets established, you know, it's the OEM position statements on, on um, the health of the battery or whatever the case is. The problem with that is we're going to have a lot of opinions and uh, some are going to say it's good. Some will say it's bad, depending on what side of the fence you're on. So Austin's going to be right in the middle of it. And we're gonna have to figure out um, what that, that, I guess that direction is going to be that. I hate to say gospel, but I mean, we're going to have to rely on the OEMs Um, third party apps and and, um, tools are going to be used, but you know, obviously we're going to have to uh, make sure that those are within alignment, one or two degrees of the OEM positions. That way we're not uh, saying something that the OEMs disagree because the minute you take a vehicle to a dealership from an auction, you know, it opens up a whole can of worms and they're going to find things that maybe the auction didn't or the buyer didn't see or whatever the case is. And that it creates a very messy transaction. So we're still trying to figure all that out.
3: I think as a fleet owner who's considering EV for some or all of your fleet, you the cool thing is you now have a a much more you have direct control of what your assets will be worth at the end based on, you know, if you only fast charge your vehicles, that's gonna hurt the battery more. It'll it you won't be at the charger as long, but the long-term health of your battery will be depleted. But you may say, look, I want my vehicles moving. I don't want them sitting in a charger. That's okay. That's a business decision. That's not, it's just like the rental car companies for the longest time were always like. Well, do I put more miles on it, or do I sell it at the auction with lower miles because then I get more? Those are business decisions that they would constantly be making, and I think now fleets will have the same opportunity to do that with their battery. You know how they take care of it. Does it need to be inside in climate control at night, or can it be outside in the elements? Because you know if you're in Minnesota and it's super cold, or if you're in Arizona and it's you know 600 degrees, you know those things will have an impact on the battery.
1: And, you know, big shout out to to Alex and his team about the battery health score. That is going to be so critical to the success of maintaining wholesale values and good residuals based on the fact that the buyers have to have confidence in that product before they're willing to, one, pay more and or put it out on their, quote, front row for their retail customer. And then as that vehicle goes to life cycle two, three, four, and five down the chain, uh, that's going to be ever more important. Um, now it's currently mileage, right? And, you know, as mileage goes up, you're more concerned about the health of the engine and the transmission and powertrain and that type of stuff. Um, the condition report will be even more critical now.
2: Safety is a huge part. I, I mean, I yeah. think that's going to be number one. And the whole could you, should you rule? Could you fix it? Yes. Should you fix it? Maybe not. You know, we really need to analyze the knowledge, skills, and abilities of the technicians that we have, or, or or third party that are using. And then, of course, safety in the auction and that damage analysis on on collision vehicles. Right, touching those cables is not a good idea. I mean, the safety is number one for for everybody. And but I would put hardcore focus on vehicle people that are touching them from lot operations to inspection, check in you know, the technicians, detail, paint and body. I mean, it, this thing gets big. There's a whole different way of handling these vehicles and all these different aspects, especially recon.
3: I think working with NAAA and IARA, we can we can make some pretty, um, you know, informed recommendations to folks out there more around what not to do. So if you're charging it properly, whether in a, in a 110 plug, a 220 level two, or a DC fast charger, it's kind of hard to screw it up. It's when you make some kind of key and critical errors where you can really harm an EV you know, permanently. And I think, so that's probably where we'd start, Martin, is making recommendations or uh, suggestions on what not to do. And then, yeah, I, I would imagine as more and more of these roll out, uh, you will see probably stronger recommendations from the OEMs. I think at the same time, what you're seeing from the OEMs is, you know, there's a strong push from the consumers, which in this case includes fleet owners and and like drivers of standardization around uh, the plug, right? So today you still have two main uh, choices for what type of plug is on your vehicle. uh, And that's from a DC fast charging standpoint, they all have the same plug for level two. Uh, Well, actually have three because Tesla kind of has their own. I, I think you're hearing from the consumers pretty loudly that they want one choice because you have one gas pump, right? Like you don't have 16 different diameters of like, oh, I gotta go to Shell for this or I gotta go to Conoco for that. Like you just go get gas, right? And I think what the consumers want and fleet owners and operators are gonna want is that standard charging experience. And my guess is the auctions will just fall in line with that.
1: Martin, I think both, uh, both the groups work very cohesively and, and well together. You know, as, as Matt and the NAAA put out recommendations, suggestions, and, and, you know, just kind of how things should work in the auction world. We can take the voice of the consigner and push that back to the NAAA and say, hey, here's what one portion of your customer, 50% of your customers are wanting to help, you know, provide a good, safe environment for marketing these cars and to maintain the right values as well. And I was thinking back to something, you know, Alex said earlier. There's a lot of skepticism kind of in this process. And you think about when skepticism will get really bad with EV vehicles, is when the vehicle's out of manufacturers warranty. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure as an industry we we protect that integrity of the CR for the buyer when that vehicle's out of manufacturer's warranty, because that's when the risk is extremely high currently as it is now you know i mean if you buy a vehicle at the auction it's a thousand miles out of oem warranty it's a different conversation if you have a problem with that vehicle versus if it's not uh, or if it's covered
0: well that's all the time we have for today you can find the full webinar at chargedfleet.com and automotivefleet.com a special thank you to our panelists for their insights This is just the start of an ongoing industry discussion about used EVs that will continue at the Annual Conference of Automotive Remarketing in Las Vegas next March 22nd to the 24th, and in the posted content at the Bobbitt Fleet Brands. Let us know down in the comments any of your thoughts or views about remarketing electric vehicles. This topic will certainly attract more attention throughout the EV fleet sector. And please remember to follow us and connect with us on social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and sign up for our weekly Charged Fleet e-newsletter to stay up to date on the latest industry news and episodes of The Off-Peak. This series is also available on all major podcast platforms. I'm Martin Ramji with Charged Fleet. Thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you again here on another pulsating episode of The Off-Peak.